This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Did you know Jesus was punished that you might be forgiven and he was wounded that you might be healed? These exchanges are so crucial, so monumental, so pivotal that they're posted on our website for your perusal under the heading, Your Bountiful Inheritance. What I'm talking to you today about, my friend, are some of the benefits of the atonement. In a nutshell, the atonement could be defined as this. All the evil that was due to come on us came on Jesus instead at the cross, so that all the benefits due to Jesus earned by his sinless obedience might be made available to us. Now let's get back to the first thing I mentioned. Number one, Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. I want to make it clear, we have grace from God through faith. Christianity that is properly understood does not try to earn grace through works. We enjoy grace because of what Jesus did. One man took fruit from a tree and the other hung on a tree to reverse the curse. One was the first Adam and Jesus was the last Adam. It talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The last Adam reversed the curse so that we are no longer under the curse of the law. The curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and spiritual death, as I've mentioned several times previously. We have been redeemed from that curse. How did it happen? Galatians 3.13 has the answer. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Now in Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 through 5, it is speaking explicitly about the atonement. Surely he, talking about Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, friend. If Jesus had not been punished, we could not enjoy peace with God, but we do. We needed to be punished because our sin called for it by a just God. But Jesus was punished instead of us. Justice had to be served. We deserved punishment, and Jesus took it for us. Thank God. Colossians 1 verses 19 through 22 says, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Friend, did you catch that? We were reconciled to the Father by the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus was punished for us. Notice, we are holy, unblameable, and unreprovable by what he did, not by what we did. So there is no boasting on our part, but by the law of faith can we boast on what Christ did for us. 
Now, in ancient times past, man was in a difficult position, and Romans chapter 5 verse 14 explains this. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. Death reigned until Moses the lawgiver came. Once the statutory sacrifice was set up, there was a covering for man's sin. But until that time, death reigned in the earth. Why? Because there was no law. There was no intercessor for humanity. Man was in complete ignorance of the oracles of God, and Satan took advantage of this. Thank God we are forgiven of our sin, so we shouldn't be unforgiving towards others who sinned against us. So we should follow the golden rule. And what is that? Whoever has all the gold makes the rules. No, no friend. The golden rule is love God and love people. That's it. Number two, Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. This exchange is often contended for in religious circles. Satan fights this one so much. If he can get a theologian who went to seminary with 16 letters after his name to write a book saying that healing isn't in the atonement, then he has won a great victory. Friend, a 12-year-old child can understand the Bible, but we've had lots of help down the years to misunderstand it, as Charles Capps used to say. When the plain sense of the scripture makes sense, seek no other sense. And once a precedent is set in scripture, we follow it. This is called the law of first mention. Now let's read about the atonement once more in Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 5. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus was wounded physically, that we might be healed physically of our sickness and pain. Friend, that word grief there in the Hebrew is koli, literally meaning sickness. And the word sorrow in that passage is Maccabee, which means literally pains. Therefore, we have been healed of sickness and pain. The physical component of the atonement has been concealed from millions of Christians by Satan down the years, who blinds people's minds to the truth. Some have said that it's God who's putting sickness on people to teach them something. This is wrong thinking, friend, and actually blasphemous. The believer should not ask, how do I know it's the Lord's will to heal me? The question they should really be asking is, how can I receive the healing that God has already provided for me? I would also like you to note that the casting out of evil spirits and healing the sick go hand in hand when the Lord ministered on the earth. And modern medicine, of course, is unable to address the spiritual aspect of sickness or disease. Remember Matthew 18, verses 16 through 17. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. This is talking about Jesus. That it might be fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And also in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now notice, in this passage, it's written in the past tense. And did you remember that Isaiah 53, which I just read to you, is written in the present tense, right? You are healed, but this is the past tense. Do you know why? Because one is looking back to the cross and the other is looking forward to it. My friend, the cross is the defining moment in human history, the defining event. Whenever you were born, you were either looking forward to or back to it. 
Don't forget the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 13, 16. Who was doing the binding? It was Satan, not God. God's not putting sickness on folk. Satan is the oppressor. Luke 13, 16 says, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Therefore, it is not the Father's will to put sickness on people. Some will say that, well, God must have allowed it for a reason. It was so that he could have a stronger relationship with God. That's why he's sick. No, friend. It's certainly plausible that you may draw closer to God in a time of trial. There's no doubt. But he didn't send the sickness. If God wanted to give sickness to you, he'd have to steal it from the devil first, because there's no sickness in heaven. God didn't baptize Jesus in the River Jordan and then send him into the wilderness to be tempted and decide, well, I think I need a stronger relationship with my son, so I'll put cancer on him so that he can draw closer to me in this time of pain and suffering. Friend, that is twisted thinking. If God was a father on earth like that, he would have been sent to prison by now. No, friend, we are to submit to God and resist the devil, resist sickness, resist disease, resist poverty. These are curses. They are not blessings. If you are passive towards Satan or indifferent to the curses in the earth, you're on dangerous ground. You have to resist them. Let's remind ourselves of who the oppressor is again. This is possibly my favorite scripture of all time. It's Acts 10:38. It's so precise, so succinct. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Let me ask you this, who is the oppressor? This scripture makes it very clear. Is it God or the devil? Clearly it's the devil. Don't get them mixed up. Now, did you know in the New Testament, there's a number of passages uh, where the word healed was translated or made well, when in actual fact that word is saved. And in the Greek, it is sozo. In many passages, the word used for physical healing or deliverance was sozo, which really means salvation. The problem is the translators didn't always use save as they could have. So the potency of our salvation seems diluted in some translations. And I will take time to read one for you right now. This is Luke chapter 8 verses 47 through 48. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto Jesus before all the people for what cause she was touched and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. The word whole here is sozo. Let me give you a few more examples of this. In Luke 7.50, he said, Jesus, to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. In Mark 10.52, And Jesus said unto him, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. The words made thee whole is sozo. And finally, Acts 14, verse 9, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. That word is sozo. Sozo occurs 108 times in the New Testament and is used in many contexts. It can mean healing, deliverance, wholeness, salvation, and peace of mind. In other words, there can be five meanings of this word. Did you get that? Five meanings points to grace. Indeed, my point is that Jesus, his saving power is all-encompassing. That is not only getting us into heaven, it also enables us to be healed, delivered, and made whole. There's a difference between refusing and neglecting salvation. 
Some would refuse salvation. We have not. We are Christians. We have not refused it, but we could be in danger of neglecting it. Or more precisely, the full benefits of our bountiful salvation. As demonstrated, our salvation not only provides a ticket to heaven, but it includes physical healing and deliverance and is incorporated in this word, sozo. So how do we appropriate these promises? By confessing them with our mouth and believing them in our hearts. The same way you enter the kingdom of God is the same way that you will appropriate or manifest all the promises that God has granted to you, whether they be healing, deliverance, or blessings or abundance in your life. It's the same way. The new covenant has not changed. You receive the same way each time. We must thank God for his atoning promises and let your tongue agree by directing the course of your life in God's direction. Start declaring today, friend, if you're sick, even with a terminal disease, start declaring the truth over your situation. Declare that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Past tense. You were healed by the stripes of Jesus. It's a past tense thing. You know, when it comes to sickness, people will argue this tooth and nail. They'll say, you know, you shouldn't speak to people who are terminally ill or who are very sick and get their hopes up. You know, they might not get healed. I say shoot for the sun and hit the moon. I mean, what have you got to lose? You have to resist it. If you die, you will go to heaven. And when you get there, you won't be thinking about down here. Death for us is victory because Christ has already won the victory. It is not the end for us. But whilst you're on this earth, and it's not your time to die, it's not the time for you to leave this earth, you should resist it. You still have things to do down here. You should fight it tooth and nail and enter into the promises for healing in God's word. Friend, I discussed the atonement today. Please understand everything that Jesus won for you on the cross. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.